What's up, everyone? Kane Pittman here from Locked On Bucks for another episode, and we're going to have some fun today. I might be solo, but I've put in some research. The top five games of the 2021-2022 season, as determined by me, uh, which, of course, must be the definitive rankings. I'm sure you guys will have some disagreements along the way. So I'm going to count down the top five games. Also, green room invites for the draft have been named. What does that mean for the Bucks? And also Christian Wood traded, old friend of the Milwaukee Bucks. So we're going to discuss all that and more. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day if you are on YouTube. And shout out to you if you're on YouTube today. You'll see, look at that fine piece of artwork uh, behind me on the wall. Now, it's not permanently there yet. Uh, For those that are listening on the audio platform, it's Giannis dunking over the top of Chris Paul. Chris Paul's shoving him. We all know the moment. Anyway, I think it's really cool. I ordered that one online. I thought I needed to spice up the background a little bit here. I've got some bobbleheads. I've got the Giannis uh, book up there, Jabari Parker, <laughs> the little figurine up there as well. But uh, that's just a cool little poster. I wanted to get up there, uh, get it up there. And I just think it's a great, uh, great memory in Bucks history. As I said, it's not up there permanently. So I'm certain at some point uh, this is going to fall off the wall. But we'll see how we go with this one. Like I said, Now, we're going to be counting down, or I'm going to be counting down, the top five games from the 2021-22 season, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Before we get into it, today's episode is brought to you by Arcade 1UP. Locked On is partnering with Arcade 1UP to give away three free NBA Jam Shack machines. Stay tuned. Later in the show, I'm going to tell you a bit more about that and also give you the opportunity to win one of these machines, which again, if you've played NBA Jam, if you like NBA Jam, you will understand this is a very, very cool competition. So there'll be more info uh, coming up on that later. I mentioned right off the top, Christian Wood traded. This is really interesting. Christian Wood traded to Dallas. Dallas give up the pick 26 and a bunch of players. Boban should be illegal to trade Boban. Uh, By the way, uh, another old friend, Sterling Brown, was included in this trade and a bunch of other players are in there. Trey Burks, I think, was was one of the guys there. But ultimately, this is a trade. Christian Wood uh, for pick 26. It's certainly a late first rounder. Christian Wood has one year left on his deal. Uh, clearly, the Houston Rockets didn't feel that they had a need for Christian Wood anymore. Uh, when you consider the fact they've got Sengun already on the roster, they're probably about to take another uh, big type player with pick three in this year's draft. I know there was some reporting out there today that they're interested in uh, Pablo Bancaro as well. So maybe he will join the roster. So ultimately, why not for the Houston Rockets get another first round in there if you don't think that Christian Wood is a part of your future? And for the Dallas Mavericks, Christian Wood now gets to play alongside Luka Doncic. He gets to play under Jason Kidd. We'll see how that dynamic goes. We know that Kidd 
pretty demanding on the defensive side of the ball. And if there was one area of Christian Wood's game where you would question, it would be the defense. So we'll see how this pans out. But ultimately, for me, someone who you know, I've always wanted Christian Wood to do well. He was incredibly kind to me in my time when I was in Milwaukee and he was around, uh, very open to chatting, all those types of things. So I thought he was uh, you know, great to me. I understood why perhaps it didn't really fit in Milwaukee and at the time, and certainly in the couple of seasons after that, it made sense. But for Dallas, why not? I think this is fine. I think this is this is worth it. They were rolling with Dwight Powell. They were rolling with uh, Maxi Kleber there. The Porzingis trade, that Porzingis situation didn't work out. So why not give Christian Wood a shot? And by the way, he has been a guy that when he's played major minutes has certainly put up numbers and efficiently is around... 18 points, 10 rebounds on about 50% from the field, 38% from three uh, across his two seasons, essentially, with the Houston Rockets. So uh, for me, why not? Why not? I think this is a fine trade. I don't necessarily think this is a trade that's going to lift the Dallas Mavericks to all of a sudden being, you know, in the top one or two contenders in the Western Conference to reach the NBA Finals. But uh, I don't see too much wrong with this trade. Everyone always pick it all apart and question Christian Wood and, the giving up a first round pick and all these types of things. Maybe uh, there is another team out there that would have given up more. I'm not too sure. But for Dallas, it fills a need. Uh, this trade makes a lot of sense for me. And uh, again, it's always interesting when past players of the Bucks, particularly one like Christian Wood, where I understand there are a lot of fans out there that would have still liked to see Christian Wood play for the Bucks after he uh, parted ways with the team back in 2018-19. So we'll see how this one pans out uh, for the Dallas Mavericks and for Jason Kidd. All right, we're going to get to the top five games of the season in just a little bit here. But as far as draft news goes, it's always interesting, and particularly for the Bucks, who have picked 24 in this upcoming NBA draft. Uh, we try and predict which guys are going to be potentially on the table still at pick 24. And you do look at who gets invited to the NBA draft green room. And these green room invites, of course, there's the top 10 that everyone knows is going to go there. But then some of the other guys that are invited to the green room are based on Intel, uh, team interest, those types of things. So it's not it's not a completely blind exercise here why these guys would get invited. Now, there's certainly been players in the past that have been in the green room and have continued to slide. So it doesn't mean that these guys are absolutely not going to be available uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. But so far, uh, as my guy at ESPN, Jonathan Gavoni, has tweeted out this morning, there are 20 players confirmed invited to the NBA Draft Green Room. That is Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banquero. I think I said Pablo before. Paolo Banquero, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, Ben Matherin, AJ Griffin, Jalen Duran, Johnny Davis, Usman Jiang. Of course, I'm very familiar with Osman, played at New Zealand last year. Jeremy Sokan, uh, Mark Williams, Malachi Branham, Tari Eason, Jalen Williams, someone that we've spoken about a lot, Ty Ty Washington, the guard from Kentucky, and Marjon Beauchamp, who had been at the G League Ignite. So I think out of guys that we've discussed, certainly at length in the last week or so on the podcast, Jalen Williams in particular, and Frank was very high on Jalen Williams, and I think everyone was, Camille that we had on the podcast yesterday also spoke about Jalen Williams. And and to me, again, as a non-draft expert and someone that hasn't watched these players play long-term, but is just trying to quickly catch up by reading what the experts say, 
Jalen Williams was one of those guys to me that when I read the scouting report, when I see that there isn't any significant weaknesses in their game and you're talking about drafting a pick 24, it just doesn't make sense to me that a player that seems pretty well-rounded, a really good size, versatile for the modern game, it didn't make sense that he was going to be in pick 24. But yeah, Frank messaged through uh, to our DM today and said this is a sad day uh, for Bucks fans that wanted Jalen Williams. We'll see. He did seem to be rising uh, pretty high there. And uh, and Marjan Beauchamp, a, a guy who you know, potentially could be still there at 24, uh, like I said to Frank and and the guys in the in the DM, I said, well, listen, we only need five more green room invites, and then all of a sudden the Bucks are drafting a green room invitee at pick twenty four. What a moment that would be! So we'll see uh, how this all plays out, but uh, it's just interesting to keep track uh, of those names there that might be available. And I should note the guy that's drawn significant attention on this podcast in the last couple of days, Dalen Terry. Uh, he hasn't an invite to the green room just yet and i know there's some certainly uh, some interest in dale and terry from our guy justin garcia who is an arizona fan arizona expert uh, and some of our listeners as well so uh, only just over a week now to the draft it really has come up quickly we talk about this offseason dragging already for us we we're hoping to still be covering games uh, at this point in time but the draft is going to be here really quick all right it's time to get to my top five games of 2021, 2022. And this was actually a fun exercise. I got to tell you, I was really into that. Uh, it took a lot of my energy and the only way I could get through it is by eating a Bilt Bar. Uh, now, they always have new flavors with Bilt Bar. Uh, this flavor is called Mud Pie. Um, you know how our friends at Bilt are always coming out with amazing new flavors? Well, this time Bilt has truly outdone themselves with their new Mud Pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Bilt is introducing the new Mud Pie flavor in both Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff. Not sure what Mud Pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you'd better sit down for this. The new Mud Pie Bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. You've got to try Mud Pie as soon as possible. And you need to hurry because the Mud Pie Bar and the Mud Pie Puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness uh, totally for yourself. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies and cream crumble. Stop drooling. Get to Built.com right now. Order a box of Built Bars, Puffs, whatever it may be, and uh, you absolutely will not regret it. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, before we get into the top five for 2021-22, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. And everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey. All you have to do is go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And uh, we really appreciate the help with that one. All right, top five. So starting at number five, Bucks and Clippers. Bucks lose 119 to 153. (laughs) Uh, I'm clearly joking, but 
the one thing that that did happen when I was going through and looking at these games and the game logs and trying to rejog my memory because again this season just felt like it went forever there's no doubt about that and uh, by the way a lot of people have said that I said there's no doubt about that I think I do it in solo pods more Uh, maybe it's me trying to remember what I'm thinking maybe I'm padding a little bit but I'm conscious of it I will try not to do it too often but there were so many games this season where just weird things happened on both sides obviously the COVID stuff there was availability problems um, packing in the schedule in the short off season. So there was guys getting rested. So there was just some flat out stinker games. There's no other way to put it. There was some stinking games. This one against the Clippers was one of them. They gave up 153 points. Amir Coffey had 32. Robert Covington had 43. I think Jordan Wara top scored with 28 for the Bucs. Uh, but anyway, one of the worst games of the season, uh, that one against the Clippers there. Uh, honorable mention, before I get to number five, honorable mention, in my top five games of 21-22 for the Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks and Nets, Bucks win in overtime, 120 to 119. And this game, I, did, I didn't remember it off the top of my head, but I rejigged my memory very quickly here. And it was very easy to remember the moments in this game. So Giannis finishes with 44 points, 14 rebounds, six assists. It's on the road. And he hits a three to tie the game, to send it to overtime. If you remember just previously, he had missed a three. And this was just a really cool moment. We've seen Giannis have game winners before. Obviously, we know the mid-range against the Knicks. We've seen him have a bunch of layups uh, over the course of his career. But for Giannis to step into a three, knock it down in a clutch moment, send the game to overtime. And then in overtime, he finished up with two clutch free throws. They were down one hit both free throws. The Bucs win the game. Uh, they're starting to roll at this point. They were winning a bunch of close games. So this Bucks win over the Brooklyn Nets, a team that there's history there with, there's no doubt about that, uh, after last year's postseason, as I said it again. Apologies. So that's the honorable mention. Let's get to number five. And uh, look, I could buy that there might be some people that will want to dispute my list here, and that's totally fine. But number five for me, the win against Utah on the road. The Bucs were in a bit of trouble in this game. They hadn't won in Utah since 2001. 19 straight losses in Utah for those counting at home. And they were down heading into the fourth. And there was just a, a number of moments in this game where you're like okay this is following a similar path to what we've seen from bucks and utah jazz in the past Giannis is putting up numbers and he did but he's had monster games in utah before if you remember that game a few seasons ago where i think he had two points at halftime he ends up putting up 30 plus in the second half the bucks still weren't able to get the win they've been in some really close games in utah over the years but they weren't able to close it out and in many ways this game was typical of what the Bucs have used in the postseason before and in big games before. It was the big three. 82 out of the 117 points came from the big three. Drew Holiday, who was just huge in the fourth quarter throughout the regular season, had 13 points. Overall, 26 of the Bucs, 28 points came from the big three in the fourth quarter. Uh, and this was just one of those really fun regular season wins where uh, despite if the Bucs are playing well, despite if they're a really good team, 
despite if Giannis has a massive night, they just haven't won those games in the past. So to be able to finally break the streak in Utah, uh, that comes in at number five for me because I just thought I just thought it was an incredibly fun game. And the Giannis Gobert stuff is always fun. Giannis goes at Gobert. The only player, and and let me know what you think in Twitter on the YouTube uh, comments, what player does Giannis attack the most with the most aggression? Gobert has to be up there for me. Ben Simmons was one, but we haven't had the pleasure of seeing that for a while for a number of reasons. So I would have Gobert, I would have Ben Simmons. They're probably the two guys. I think he likes playing against Embiid, but Embiid has had obviously some success defensively. Uh, They're on similar levels as players in terms of being uh, top five guys. I think Giannis is better, but uh, Gobert and Simmons, who am I forgetting? Uh, Let me know who I'm forgetting there. All right, let's get to number four. Speaking of Embiid, Bucks beat the Sixers 118 to 116 on the road. And the interesting thing about this, you talk about a fun couple of games in from a regular season. This game came a couple of nights before the overtime win in Brooklyn that I just mentioned, where Giannis does the offensive stuff in the fourth quarter to win the game. Against Philly, the Bucks are down eight after three quarters. And they just come steaming home in this game. Giannis finishes 40 points and 14 rebounds. And look, let's be honest, historically against the Sixers, this man has had some humongous games. Win or lose, Giannis has had some humongous games. Probably the low point is Christmas a few years ago, but he was monstrous in this one. And again, when I'm basing my top five, a lot of it is Giannis moments. And in this one, if you remember the final possession of the game, James Harden, step back, Brooke Lopez contests, Harden almost airballs it, misses by an absolute mile. Joel Embiid gathers the offensive rebound, puts it up. Giannis from behind, block shot, game over. Bucks beat Philly. It's always fun when that happens. So that's number four for me beating Philly on the road. Uh, that's that's always a good time. We've spoke about rivals for the Bucks, and it's difficult. I would probably have Boston as the Bucks' biggest rival because. They haven't played the Sixers in the playoffs, but I think there's some genuine dislike between the Bucks and the Sixers. So maybe, maybe in the future, that playoff match will finally happen. But nonetheless, anytime the Bucks beat the Sixers, it's a great time. This was a really fun game. And you get another classic Giannis moment at the end. So that's number three. Bucks over the Sixers on the road. Sorry, that's number four. I'm going to get to the top three after I talk about our friends at Arcade One Up. Now, this is a really cool, really cool opportunity we've got for our listeners here we've got big news the one the only nba jam is back arcade one up the leader in at home retro arcade games is not only bringing the best game ever back but they've made it bigger and uh, they got a shack edition people are obsessed with nba jam and i'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with nba legends in this arcade classic jump clear across the court and set the ball on fire and one of the first Sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, no take fouls in NBA Jam, and no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade, the number one, up.com. For an estimated early September ship date, Arcade 1Up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, what is Golden Tea, by the way? 
I've actually never heard of that. But many others are there uh, starting from just $389. Check this out. They are giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8 to enter uh, to win the NBA Jam Shack edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. Uh, who are you going to play with? That's what we want to know. All right, let's continue. Top three, Christmas Day, Bucks Celtics. Now, this is a little bit of a personal one. I was at home, obviously, in Melbourne, and uh, the Christmas Day games are actually the day after Christmas here in Australia. I'm sure most people know that, but it's still just a weird thought for people, I'm sure, in the US to consider. So I'm sitting there the day after Christmas, a little bit hungover, not going to lie. I'm, I'm laying on the couch. Uh, my mom's sitting there next to me. And my mom, by the way, when I moved to Milwaukee, she really, my whole family, my grandparents always ask about the Bucks. Uh, my mom's always asking about the Bucks and Giannis. She thinks I'm friends with Giannis. I have to explain to her that Giannis is not coming over for dinner. She's very disappointed about that. So I'm watching this game with mom. And mom's going, what is going on? What is going on with the Celtics right now? What is going on with the Bucks? They were getting really, I mean, it was just a really tough day at the office. And and I just thought it was such a big moment. We know the Bucs had Christmas Day game the year before against the Golden State Warriors, but there was no fans. It was great to have Christmas basketball in Milwaukee after such a long break. But this was the first opportunity for the fans uh, to get into the arena. And they were down 13 with 5-13 to play in the fourth quarter. Then you get 12 points from Giannis. The Bucs go on a 21-6 run. Just a complete and utter takeover from the two-time MVP. And the Bucs won on Christmas, which is what we all wanted. We wanted the fans to go home happy on Christmas Day. And the Bucs have had a pretty good record in these Christmas games now. Outside of that one in Philly, they had New York. Uh, they had Golden State. They had Boston. I believe they've played four straight now uh, since Bud were there. So it's a good record. Always fun to win on Christmas. So Christmas Day comes in at number three. And it does get an extra bump up to me because it was Christmas Day. It's just such a meaningful day in a regular season calendar and a really fun game uh, to watch uh, with family or whoever you do it with. Number two, opening night against the Brooklyn Nets. Now, this one was a long, long, long time ago. And the Bucs won it easy, 127 to 104. Giannis was great. He had 32 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Pat Connaughton chipped in with 20 points. Jordan Wara, probably, honestly, the best game that Jordan Wara played for the season. He was playing meaningful minutes. He was knocked down in, knocking down meaningful shots. The broadcast was getting excited about what he was bringing to the table. And the interesting thing about Jordan Wara, and this is just a random stat, because when I looked at the box score, I said, how many times did Jordan Wara score more than 15 points on the season? Well, he did it eight times. And like is always the case, we know Jordan Warwick can score and he's done it a bunch of times in games that don't necessarily matter. But the Bucs are actually two and six in those games when he scored more than 15 points the rest of the way uh, for the season. And of course, part of that is because the roster is incredibly depleted. So I'm not saying that it has anything to do with Jordan Warwick, but what I am saying is that his most meaningful performance of the season came on opening night. And for me, this game, you know, it was opening night. The Bucs were 1-0. and zero. If they had a loss, it wouldn't have ultimately mattered. But this was just such a historic moment for the franchise and for people that have watched this team for a long time. People know I've watched the Bucs for about 20 years now. There are people that listen to this podcast. There are people that, are, that don't listen to this podcast but are fans that have done it for far longer. 
but I spoke about this yesterday with Camille when I spoke about yeah, people saying that the, the Bucks are ruining Giannis's legacy and all that. And I, I would just question that most of the time, if people are saying that, I doubt that they watched this franchise and this team for as long as some other people did when they sucked. And, and the meaning of that championship and the meaning of what that meant to the team. And the other point I would say, and this is from a purely selfish point of view, I didn't get to go to any of the playoff games last year. I was stuck in Australia. We were locked down. I was watching by myself in my apartment. I didn't get to go to opening night. And those that night will never be replicated. Even if the Bucks win another title moving forward, the first time in a generation for the Bucks to do that, for Giannis to be the guy that brought that title to this city and to this franchise that, quite frankly, I just never thought was going to happen. I didn't think it was possible that they would be able to do that. It's just so meaningful. I think it was an emotional night for a lot of people. I think about our friend, Jim Paschke and, and Giannis and, and everything that went on. So that would have been number one for me, but there was a playoff game. And people may push back and say, how do you only have one playoff game in the top five? But I just thought that the first round against Chicago was very uneventful. Game one against Boston was cool. It was a fun win. But number one on my game of the season is game five in Boston. The Bucs win at 110 to 107. They're trailing 93-79 with 10 minutes to play. You get massive performance from Giannis, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 16 for 27 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3. And I know the Bucs didn't get through this series, and I know they're not winning the title and they're not going back-to-back, and we all hoped and wished that that was going to be the case. But the 3, and then the camera pans to Giannis, He's got blood coming down his face. It was just it was just incredible. And the Bucs had no right to win that game. And to be truthful, we've seen the Celtics do this a little bit through the postseason where they have a lead and they throw games away or they nearly throw games away. They keep you in the game. But on this occasion, I don't think all the credit needs to go to Boston. I think the credit needs to go to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it needs to go to Giannis. Drew had 24-8-8 eight eight in this game and he was four for seven from... Three, he had some incredible defensive plays. One of the great photos was that block uh, that he had on Marcus Smart. Incredible stuff from Drew. And the other guy, Bobby Portis, 14 points, 15 rebounds, and seven offensive rebounds, including the the, the biggest offensive rebound of the game and the putback. Uh, this was a win that didn't look like the Bucs were going to get for basically the entirety of the night until they did. And they pinched it. And they put themselves in a position, and unfortunately, they didn't get there. But in terms of excitement, in terms of shock value, in terms of a performance from Giannis and the role players, that's the best game of the season uh, from me. So uh, from the top, game five uh, was Utah. My number five top game of the season was breaking the streak in Utah. Number four was beating Philly with the Giannis block on MB to win the game. Number three was Christmas Day. Number two was opening night and the ring ceremony. And number one, game five in Boston. Let me know what you think. How wrong did I get this? What game did I forget? I'm sure that there's a great game that I forgot about during the season. So make sure you let me know. And before I wrap it up, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. Uh, the five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen after you're done. 
with Locked On Bucks. We would really appreciate it. I'm going to leave it there. I'm podcasting twice tomorrow, once with Dave Kane, the radio voice of the Bucks, and then Frank's back as well. So we're going to have some fun tomorrow. You'll have plenty of stuff to listen to. If you haven't subscribed or followed wherever you listen, uh, please do it. We really appreciate it. And until tomorrow, take it easy.